Are you ready to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling author Steph Green, for the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast, where we're going to explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hello writers, it's Steph here and welcome back to another episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. I know we've had a little bit of a break and I know that's a little bit sad for you, but I wanted to kind of talk to you today about, you know, sort of basically about why that is. Basically, I do this podcast because I really enjoy talking to you guys about self-publishing and about kind of different techniques that you could use and different strategies that you could use in order to build your fan base. And so because of that, I think it's really important to kind of walk the talk a bit. So, you know, I've got to kind of do the things so that I have things to talk to you about. So I've been taking a little bit of a podcast break, basically so I could go away and do a whole bunch of stuff that has been in my head for ages. And I'm going to be talking about one of those projects that I've been working on with you today. So, you may have seen, if you follow me on social media, that I have been running a Kickstarter campaign. Now, I've already done a podcast episode about doing a book Kickstarter, and I recommend that if you're if you're interested in Kickstarter, to go back and have a listen to that episode as well. But the Kickstarter that I did for the first time was back in 2018, and it was for a children's picture book, and I had very different goals and aims for that Kickstarter than I do for my current Kickstarter. So I'm going to be doing this new episode where I'm going to be talking about the new Kickstarter, about why I did it, about how I've done it, about what's kind of changed on the platform, and, and sort of the opportunities that it offers for authors. So let's get cracking. So first of all, tell you a little bit about my Kickstarter campaign. So I currently have a campaign running. It is still running. It has still got 30 days to go and we are doing amazing. So I have taken a series of mine called the Nevermore Bookshop Mysteries series. Now this is not my best-selling series which was probably an interesting choice for the for the Kickstarter. This is not my best-selling series but it is the series where I get the most fan mail and kind of fan interaction about it. You know, if fans ever come to, readers ever come to talk to me on social media, this is the series they're always talking about. Most of my fan mail is about this series and the characters and how much they love it. So because of this, this is the reason why I chose this for the Kickstarter. Now I've been thinking a lot lately about kind of how to be of service to my readers and, and to my fans and what I can do to kind of build sort of a build a fandom and kind of give back to them for all their amazing support and to kind of create sort of a wider community or a wider world around sort of the different series and the different worlds that I have and there's lots of different ways that you can do this. You know, some authors do um, Patreon. Some authors are really, really active on social media and kind of build like a really amazing community around social media. And I am, I love Kickstarter. <laughs> like, I love this kind of thing. So I've been wanting to do this for ages. And I started to think, well, I think it's time that I started looking into, is Kickstarter a good way 
to build kind of build fan service and so I came up with this idea so this Kickstarter campaign is takes the Nevermore Bookshop Mystery series which is a series that's already out it has eight books uh, with two more books to go and it takes the books and turns them into what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise money to turn these books into limited edition hardcover books and these books are signed and because I live in New Zealand and I have not done signed books before as an internet thing you can usually only get signed books off of me if I'm at an event um, so this is the first time I've ever offered any kind of signed book um, that people can order online so they they can you can get through the Kickstarter you can get these books in these limited edition hardbacks they have brand new covers um, the previous covers have they look quite like urban fantasy looking uh, with a, a girl on them and kind of a bookshop in the background and like sort of like magical sparks and a raven and a cat and sort of th those kind of things around them and the new books are they're quite like lush looking they um, are a big typography font they've got lots of little kind of doodles around them that relate to the things in the books um, but they're not they're what you call object covers or discrete covers or kind of luxe edition covers they're, they're amazing and um, they're going to be done in hardcover which has never been done I've never done that before uh, and they're going to have all of the typography on the covers is going to be in in foil and I'm so excited about this, it's just awesome. So the only way that my fans can get this series is to back the Kickstarter. And so <laughs> this is so you know, so yeah, so this is why I did this. I did this because I wanted to give my I wanted to give something back to my fans. And I wanted to have something where they could be really excited to be part of a particular fandom. So the fandom of this series. So this was yeah, so this is why I did it. Um, so the um, so my readers can back. They can choose between. They can back as a digital backer, and they get like a few little kind of like a digital packet of bonuses. They can back as a uh, so they can get they can get one book of their choice. Um, the, I've done the first three books only in the series, um, and so they can back for one book. They can back for all three books. Or they can back for all three books plus uh, a, a box of swag or merchandise which is related to characters in the story. So there's like a wine glass with a quote from one of the characters, there's a candle that smells like one of the characters, there's some enamel pins which are designed uh, based around pins that a character wears actually in the series um, there's a necklace with a raven feather because one of the guys in the series is a raven um, so there's this this whole box of swag that relates to the characters you know these kind of beloved characters in the books so you can back at that level which is it's quite a high price and you can get the three books and the swag um, and then there was an ultimate fan package level, which is was $500 per package. And I sort of put it in there because I thought, oh, what the hell, um, you know, I'll put a higher price package in there. But I never expected anyone to buy it. And then they sold out in the first 30 minutes. <laughs> so that was amazing. Uh, so we're going to talk about that a bit in a sec. So, so there's an ultimate fan package as well. Um, and 
what's happened is that the the Kickstarter has it, I, I basically I hit my goal in the first five hours, which blew me away. So now we are working towards various stretch goals. So we hit the first stretch goal um, on the second day, which means that um, I can now include um, some custom designed maps in the books. Um, we hit the second stretch goal, which is for some custom artwork. We, we've just hit the third stretch goal, which means that I can make book four in the series into a book. Um, and I think we're going to hit the next stretch goal. <laughs> pretty excited. We might hit the next stretch goal which is some more some, some more different kind of merch um, for the swag boxes um, and then after that we're sort of aiming towards maybe we can get box five and six out which would just be just unbelievable, it just blows my mind. So I have just been all week I've just been kind of constantly refreshing the Kickstarter and going oh my god oh my god I can't believe it it's been out for I guess eight days now and we've just blown past every goal that I thought we could have for it. So I just, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just so humbled and so incredibly amazed by by my my audience and my fans and just the support and just everything. I just, just wow. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you guys a bit about it and kind of talk about it from a, a you know, a strategic, a publisher point of view. Um, and I think if you have any questions, please do post them in the group or email them to me and we can kind of talk about them on a follow-up episode, maybe. So that's kind of the structure of how the Kickstarter works. And I'm not going to go into detail about what Kickstarter is or kind of how to set it up on like a basic level because it's all there on the platform. But yes, so how did I make this a success? Well, I think the first thing is that I chose, I, I was very clear about my goal going into this. So the first Kickstarter I did, my goal was to, you know, basically create this children's book. But I don't have a children's book audience. So I was, so a lot of that Kickstarter was about introducing myself and my story to new people which is very different from this Kickstarter, which was about fan service to an audience that already existed. Uh, so already the, the, you know, the big difference is that my first campaign, we, the goal was to raise 8,000 New Zealand dollars. And we spent the entire 30 days of that campaign fighting to hit that goal. We just hit that goal on like the second to last day. And this campaign, I set the goal a little bit lower than what I needed. I needed really, in order to make this work, I needed really $15,000 New Zealand. And I thought I could kind of cut down the, could kind of cut down a few things and make you know, make it so that I earned absolutely zero profit. <laughs> and I could, I could do it, I could scrape through with 10,000 New Zealand. So I set the goal as low as I possibly could, 10,000 New Zealand, because I knew I wanted to hit it as soon as possible. And we did. We hit it on the very first day. And so that's my first piece of advice, um, is to set your goal as low as you possibly can, because you want to hit that goal as soon as possible, because it just gives the whole project this incredible momentum, and you'll just, the difference has been incredible. Um, so, and my second piece of advice, which I think is probably the most important, is to be really clear on what your goal is and what you think you can achieve. So, as I said, my goal was that I have an audience already 
who love this series and this Kickstarter was for them. It's not really about me earning a bunch of money, although that is that may be a nice side effect. <laughs> um, it, the Kickstarter itself is probably going to be a lot more work uh, than the income that we earn from it, but that's not the point of this Kickstarter. The point of this Kickstarter was fan service. Um, and so being very, very clear on what you're trying to achieve with this Kickstarter and who the audience is, because that's going to tell you that yeah, that's going to really inform your strategy around the Kickstarter and how you're going to promote it. So to me, this Kickstarter was all about my current audience, the audience that I already have and the people that are already fans of these books. So with that in mind, um, I used some of the tools that Kickstarter have um, to set up the page early and to pre-launch the Kickstarter. Now what this means is that um, you can set up kind of your whole thing in Kickstarter, your, um, your story page, your rewards, everything, but it sits in the background and it doesn't go live until you push a button. But what you can do is you can set up a pre-launch page and all the pre-launch page looks like is a, is a picture of kind of your project and a tiny blurb, it's like 40 words or something, it's a tiny tiny little blurb and then a button which says notify me on launch and your fans can click that button and that means that the minute that you click that go live button the Kickstarter will send out an alert to all those people who clicked that button and my goal uh, when I started was to get my first goal was to get a hundred people on that pre-launch list so a hundred followers um, to click the, to click that button and um, I had higher goals after that, but because of something that I'm going to talk to you about in a second, um, I didn't, I didn't, I think I ended up with either it was 112 or 119 people on that pre-launch list. So it was not heaps of people, but it was, it was a good solid number. Now, this other thing that I'm going to talk to you about. So I had originally planned to set this Kickstarter, to get this Kickstarter running, July, maybe August, but I was sort of aiming for, for mid-July. And then a local uh, TV show rang me up um, called Attitude TV, and they're amazing. They do the incredible content all about disabled New Zealanders, and it goes out to this massive worldwide audience. It's just a it's just amazing. Um, seriously, you should look them up. They're just incredible. I think they're one of the. I think they're the largest producer of content about the disability community in the world. So, they rang me up and they said, "Hey, so we've you know we know about you and we're interested in doing a show about you, a half-hour TV show about you, on national New Zealand TV. Uh, but we just we you know, we kind of want to talk about you know, are you interested?" And do you have any kind of upcoming projects that would be kind of really interesting to center the show around? Because obviously just a half hour show of me sitting at my computer writing is going to be kind of boring. So they wanted to know if I had any kind of projects or anything that could, we could kind of center it around. And I said, well, I've got this Kickstarter coming up. And they went, oh, okay. And so... Basically, it was just this incredible thing that this cam this camera crew came out and kind of lived with me for four days. They kind of had a little place down the street, but they basically were at my house, you know, for yeah for four days. Um, it was just it was intense, but it was a lot of fun, 
and I, I didn't know what I expected, but when the show came out, it was just it was just incredible. They just made me look so cool. I'm like, oh my god. Um, so anyway, so they uh, came out and filmed the show, and they told me the date that the show was going to be. And it was a little bit earlier than what I wanted. Um, what I wanted, but I wanted the kit to get the Kickstarter out before the show launched because this is too big a piece of media to not to take advantage of it. And I don't know how many people are going to watch a TV show and then go and look up my Kickstarter online. Like that's quite a leap from uh, from one platform to another platform. But this is such a big opportunity, and it's um, going out to such a world, big worldwide platform that I can't not take advantage of it. So I thought, okay, that's fine. So they told me the date that the show was going to launch, and I said, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna, even though I'm not quite ready, we're just we're gonna make it happen. So I made the pre-launch live. I pulled the date forward about three weeks from what I was planning on doing. I didn't have all the stuff that I wanted to have kind of prepared before the Kickstarter went live, but you know I had enough that I'm like, we can muddle through this. It's it's worth it. So. We did that, and then, <laughs> and then they called me and they said, "Oh, well, you've actually been moved up the schedule." So <laughs> I then had to launch. I think it was one or two weeks early, even earlier than that. So I really felt, you know, nervous about it because I really felt like I didn't have ev- quite everything. But in the in the last few days before we hit launch, things came together. You know, the cover designer sent me um, the beautiful covers and the interiors, and we had um, some of our uh, merchandise samples of so we could put them up and it just it all came together enough um, that we could launch so we launched a couple of days before the um, the TV show went live and what I really wanted was I really wanted if people looking me up from the TV show I want I, I in the back of my head I was hoping that they would see that the Kickstarter has completely um, funded and so the project was definitely going to happen and so they would feel really confident in being able to to back it as well. And that happened. And it was amazing. And a lot of the reason why that happened was because of the pre-launch. So what I did for pre-launch was I all I had um, was a couple of images of the first book in the series. So I didn't reveal too much. I wanted to leave a lot of it as a surprise for when... Um, when the Kickstarter launched, but I, I shared with my, I think before pre, when I started pre-launch to when I launched was about 20 days, and I wanted it to be double that, but that's okay, we had 20 days, so in that time, I believe I sent four or five email messages to my mailing list, and I did basically the same messaging that I did to the mailing list on my social media. And that was pretty much all I did. And I was all I was doing was I was telling people about uh, that it was happening, telling them why I was doing it, telling them what they were going to be able to get. They were going to be able to get these the three the first three books in limited edition foil hardcovers and they were going to be signed and it's the only way to get signed books from me. I told them about that. Uh, I told them about the swag they could get. Um, And I also told them about Kickstarter and what it is and how it works. Because I know that a lot of readers in my audience, they are not familiar with Kickstarter as a platform. They may have never used it before. They may not even really understand what crowdfunding is. So 
in all my emails I said if you've got any questions um, or you're feeling nervous um, just hit reply and I will talk you through it and I had a few people do that and those people went on to be packers so that's what I did in pre-launch is I told them what was happening I tried to get them to sign up to the notify me on on launch on the Kickstarter pre-launch page that was all I was trying to do I was trying to get them to hit that button um, I had one email where I answered all the questions um, so any questions that came in I kind of rephrased them and I, I answered them so it was a lot of it was about like the international shipping you know people just assume that it's not going to ship internationally and I'm like no no we totally are we're shipping everywhere um, and just talking more about the Kickstarter platform um, I shared some of the previews of what the swag was going to look like just to get them really excited and I shared that very first cover so they could see this is what cover number one looks like and then when we went live it was it was unbelievable <laughs> it was unbelievable we, I clicked live I went and wrote my um, we're live newsletter I posted it on all my social media and I hadn't checked it because I, I sort of was <laughs> going to go away to um, to get some breakfast and I didn't want to check it because I didn't want to see it kind of just sitting there at zero. Um, and then just as I was sort of thinking, oh, I should go get some breakfast, one of my f fans posted on social media, just like right underneath the post I just made, she said, oh, I really wanted one of those ultimate fan packages, but they're all gone. And I'm like, what? We've been live for... 30 seconds how is it all gone I, I thought she, she must have I thought she must have been doing something wrong but I clicked over to the to the page and oh my god we're bloody halfway to the goal already halfway to the $10,000 goal already and my four ultimate fan packages are completely gone so I made some more ultimate fan packages <laughs> and I just it was just just blew you away so my third piece of advice is to do a big ultimate fan award ultimate fan package um, now I did not think these would sell but you know these were the the biggest seller and what what I had done for my package um, is the big thing that we're trying to do here um, because we're shipping out from New Zealand is we're trying to limit the amount like the weight of our packages because the shipping is already so expensive so I didn't want to add any more physical items to the ultimate fan package because it was just going to push the price up too much so the ultimate fan package is the three books plus the swag which is the $250 package that I have so $250 would get you the, the the big box which is the three books and the hardcover plus all the swag but for an extra $250 you get three additional things you get to name a victim or villain in the next book you get uh, a personalized video thank you from me and you get the books will be signed not just by me but by the characters and you know I'm quite arty you know I can do little doodles and so I thought what I'd do is I'd kind of doodle all over the, the opening pages and kind of put little conversations between the main characters and little um, kind of notes and stuff in their, in their voices and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to do that now I can't do that with every single book because my hands would fall off but I can do that with a few 
fan books and they can you know each one will be different and will be unique and I think people will really love them and the interesting thing was to me is that I thought that the being able to name a a character would be the most kind of important thing to people but no it was those personalized books it's what everyone was really excited about um so the problem I ended up with was I, I immediately added two more ultimate fan packages but the problem I ended up with was that I had um <laughs> I'd run out of characters that people could name uh, because there's only two books left in the series and one of those books is a novella so I don't have that many victims or villains left so I can't suddenly add like six more packages because I don't have enough kind of characters to name um, so I added two more and they went in the first day and I'm thinking, I'm racking my brain, I'm thinking, oh gosh, you know, should I add more? Has it been greedy? What? And I decided, no, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, people are asking for these, and so they're asking for them, I'm going to give them what they want. So I came up with a solution, I decided that one, uh, that there's a character who's a cat, and I decided that the cat is going to have kittens in the next book, and so the fans can name, instead of naming a victim or villain, they can name a kitten. So it was the ultimate fan package kitten edition. Uh, I did six of those, and it's been ten days, and they're all gone now. I'm probably not. I'm not going to add any new ultimate fan packages um, because I think that it starts to feel less kind of special if there's too many of them. So I'm probably not going to add any more. But uh, never say never. <laughs> um, but yes, I definitely recommend do do some kind of high end package, um, and you know you'll be you I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised at what people are willing to pay for like a really fun fan experience um I think with Kickstarters it's really important to make your life as easy as possible so think about the things especially around fulfillment that are going to be difficult for you and don't do those things so for example for for us um because shipping is a bit of a nightmare and I find that kind of thing quite stressful so I wanted to ship as few packages as possible so some people when they when they do a book kickstarter they are small uh, rewards so they're like five dollar rewards or ten dollar rewards are simple things that are shipped out like postcards or bookmarks or book plates or things like that and I did not want to do that because I didn't want a whole bunch of people to back at the $5 level and me have to have the stress of sending out like 50 envelopes. So that's why I did digital a digital reward for those people. So I can easily write a bonus scene um, and kind of gather all this extra fun stuff together and put it in a digital package. And to me, that's easier. Um, you may be the exact opposite. Um, but I think it's really important that you kind of pull together um, all the different aspects of your Kickstarter um, when you're planning it. Figure out what stuff is going to be really stressful to you and do as little of that stuff as possible. And then that, that kind of leads into my next piece of advice, which is to get some amazing people on your team. Last time I did a Kickstarter, I did everything myself. Um, well, I, it was me and my illustrator Bree, um, and we did, you know, we did everything ourselves. So, you know, Bree did anything that needed an image; she did it, um, and I took care of everything else, including um, sourcing all the items for 
kind of for the swag, including kind of strategizing the Kickstarter, including shipping, you know, packing every package, hand labeling every package because I didn't know there was another way to do it, shipping every single package, um, you know, finding the shipping material. Um, figuring out how much it was going to cost, writing every customs label by hand. Um, it took me forever to do, forever. And this time I knew the project was going to be bigger, I knew it was going to be more complicated, and I knew that it, this, knowing that I would have to do this was holding me back. So I talked to a friend who runs a business where she does logistics and shipping and things like that, as part of her business, and she legitimately loves it, and she was saying to me, you know, a week or so before I was, you know, thinking, oh, is it time I push go on this Kickstarter, she was saying, look, I, I've just, I've realised how much I love logistics, and how much I want to make that, really make that part of my career, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> you're my dream person, so I, I went to her and said, look, could you handle logistics for me? And, you know, just organize the shipping and figure it out for me. And um, I will uh, I will pay you this much. Um, yeah. Uh, and she went, hell yeah. And so I have a logistics person who takes care of that for me. Um, so that's incredible. I, you know, I have a lot more artists um, that I'm working with, a lot more freelancers that I'm working with on this project than, any, than the other one that I did before. So I've got the cover artist for the books, I've got the artist who's done a lot of the swag, I've got my friend doing logistics, I've got a map maker, <laughs> I'm about to get um, a custom journal done, um, so that's good. it's got a journal supplier, there's all the different suppliers for the um, the swag, but it's all, uh, you know, a lot of that's done through my logistics person, um, so, you know, getting really amazing people on your team who you're really passionate about working with. What's been really cool for me is that um, currently my books are being printed in New Zealand. Um, the two of the artists, the cover designer and the swag designer, and my logistics person, all Kiwis. So it's feeling like this really wonderful homegrown Kiwi project celebrating kind of, you know, just fantastic Kiwi artists. And that's really cool, especially, you know, post-COVID, where, you know, a lot of people in the arts are struggling. So um, I love that. I just, that makes me really happy. Um, and then the final two things I wanted to talk about um, were figuring out how you're going to keep momentum over the course of the campaign. And how are you going to market and promote your campaign? So one thing that I learned last time I did the Kickstarter is that people, is that you think that you're annoying people. You think, look, I've talked about this thing 500 times already. Everyone has seen it by now. They're sick of seeing it. And it's not true. Um, basically, the last time I did uh, the Kickstarter, every single time I posted on Facebook, I would get a new backer. So that was a new person that suddenly decided that they wanted to back this thing just because I posted it on Facebook. So I realized um, how important it was to keep it front of mind for people. Um, so maybe those people on, on Facebook um, have seen it five times and it was that fifth time that they went, yep, you know, today's the day I'm going to back. But maybe because of the way the algorithms work, that was the first time they were actually aware that it was happening. So 
I have been really careful to keep doing that um, through this campaign. So that's the, the big thing is that I knew what my main platforms were. I was after my audience that already exists and they are on my mailing list and they are on social media. So I've been mailing them two or three times a week, <laughs> which is more than I usually email people, um, just to tell them the highlights and all the exciting things. Um, and you know, every time we get a new kind of a new piece of art come in or something like that, I put it in the newsletter. So I've been mailing my newsletter two or three times a week. Um, so they've probably had they've had at least six emails from me since the Kickstarter started. It might slow down a little bit now, but we'll see. I have been posting on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram, basically once a day about it. Um, missed a couple of days, but basically once a day. Um, and I'm just waiting for a sample book to arrive, and then when the sample book finally arrives, <laughs> hopefully today, I'm going to start the TikToks as well. Um, TikTok's a little bit harder because you can't, it's sort of hard to kind of convey that they need to go to Kickstarter to get these books specifically in those kind of short videos, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so Kickstarter is the next one. Um, so I knew that these were places where my audience already were, so and they were my core. And the other thing that I've been doing is updating the actual, the Kickstarter backers nearly daily. Not quite daily, but nearly daily, because there's always been more news to kind of talk about. Oh, this is our next stretch goal. Oh, we've hit the stretch goal. Oh, this is the person who's going to do the maps. Oh, um, oh, I was on TV, you know, so there's lots of updates that I can give them. And every time that happens, what, what happens is every time I update them is that those backers share the project with their friends. They change their pledges and they go, oh, I want an extra book. So they go and update their pledge. Um, and so I, I actually get closer to my stretch goals simply from the people that currently back the project. It's just blows my mind. Um, so those are some things that are those are sort of the, some things that are happening. Now the way that a Kickstarter campaign tends to work is that you get most of your pledges in the first three days and the last three days. First three days because the project is new and exciting and you're promoting it to all your audience and they've probably had some kind of pre-launch so they're all waiting for it. Last days because the thing is about to end. Uh, and so there's a sense of urgency and uh, Kickstarter will um, nudge the people who have expressed interest in the project um, and remind them that it's closing soon. So Kickstarter does a bit of work for you there. Um, in between, you have to keep momentum going and the momentum will slow down. Mine has definitely slowed down. I did, you know, $10,000 plus in the first day. I'm not doing $10,000 every single day. Now, it's, that's not how it works. Um, there are things that you can do to keep that momentum going over the campaign. For me, posting on social media, keeping my list informed are big ones. I also have some media that's going out. Um, and I think it's really worthwhile to um, think about potential media that you can do. Um, so because my books star a blind heroine and a lot of my, the TV show was about me as a blind woman writing blind heroines, so my publicist has um, contacted 
some New Zealand disability organisations, including the Foundation of the Blind, and they're going to be sending that out to their list um, So throughout the campaign. So that's one thing that's happening. I had the TV show, which is another big thing that's happening. Um, my publicist is looking into some other media, but I've kind of been in a lot of the New Zealand media already, so um, we don't know how lucky we're going to be, but we've, you know, we've got, still got a month, so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, also my, um, oh, what else? Um, yeah, so when you, so when thinking about media, um, think about kind of different audiences that might be interested in the books. So, you know, you've got your genre audiences, um, so think about genre publications, think about characters in your story and if there were groups around those characters like their kind of culture or their job or things like this where they might, you know, where those groups might be interested. Also think locally um, because you're a local, you know, wherever you live you're a local author for wherever you are. Um, so you doing this interesting campaign may be a really interesting piece of news for your local area. So think about that. Um, another thing that you can do, um, which helped me a lot in my last campaign, is to swap audiences with other authors on Kickstarter. Now, I did this in my last in, in my last campaign. This was the thing that basically got us over the edge. Um, I have backed a lot of Kickstarters and I've backed a lot of children's picture book Kickstarters because I like to get really fun books for my um, godchildren and niece and nephew. So I always like to have a supply of like really cool kids books so I can just kind of pick one off the shelf when I need a, a gift for people. So that is a thing. Um, so because of that I had backed a lot of children's Kickstarters and I went through my list and I went to every children's kickstarter book, children's book that I had backed, which ended up being about 10, and I asked them, I, I emailed them and said, hey, I'm Steph, I'm a backer, I loved your books, I'm doing a kickstarter at the moment for this book about a grim reaper who, a little grim reaper who gets bullied, and I wondered, could you share it with your audience, and I'm more than happy to share anything that you're doing with my audience, um, yeah, I'm more than happy to do that, and I thought maybe I'd get one of them to say yes I'll totally do that I thought if I got one out of ten that would be worth it I'm pretty sure all ten said happily shared and when they shared I got new backers and it's a really great thing to do because the people who've backed previous projects they are already familiar with Kickstarter they're already familiar with Kickstarter for books, and if they're in the same genre, then you know that it's the right audience. Um, so in saying that, I also get daily <laughs> requests from other people, other authors on Kickstarter asking if we would do a, a swap. Um, to, you, know, you share your project, I share, I share my project. Yeah. <sighs> what am I trying to say? I'll share your project if you share my project. Now, a lot of these messages that I get, their project is not my genre, it's not very high quality, and it's unlikely to succeed. 
Um, and you can kind of tell, you know, if a project is asking for $5,000 and they've got $50 and it's day 15 of 30, they're not going to magically get over that, that hump. So I say no to a lot of these, um, a lot of them, 90% of them. Um, but the reason I think the reason I had, I got so many yeses is because I was already a backer, so they knew I wasn't just choosing them from a list, they knew I would like genuinely loved their stuff. Um, and because my project looked professional, and because you could people could see from the amount, even in the previous project where I hadn't succeeded, they could see from the amount that was raised that I was on track, that I was very likely to succeed. Um, and I, I've organized a couple of swaps for this book, um, but I hadn't actually, it's, it's really silly, I had plans to kind of go and back some other authors on Kickstarter, you know, that I was really interested in, um, sort of to build the same relationships, you know, in part of my um, pre-launch, uh, and then everything got messed up and it didn't happen, and I sort of dropped this off the list of things to do, and so I don't have the network of, of authors um, whose projects I've backed in my genre to kind of do this, so I've kind of been reaching out to some other authors um, who've got stuff going at the same time, and so yeah, it's not quite the same, um, but it was very, very successful last time. Um, yeah, so I think that's really all I wanted to talk about with the Kickstarter. Obviously, uh, we are only on day, we're, we're, you know, we've still got 30 days to go, so it's going to be really interesting to see where we, where we get to. Um, I'm going to put the link in the newsletter and um, in the Rage Against the Manuscript Facebook group, so you can go in and check it out if you're interested. If you just want to see how it's kind of organised and how I've arranged everything, I think you'll find that really useful. Um, I would love to hear if you know if you've experimented with Kickstarter as a platform for authors, or if you're you know something you're interested in. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just pretty blown away right now by the response to this. I just I'm just so happy that the readers are as excited about this series as I have been to write it because it's been it's been one of my favourites. Um, yeah, so um, I hope you found this really useful. And I can't wait to see you next week where we're going to talk about something completely different. Um, that was the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. I am Steph uh, and happy writing.